Welcome, welcome, welcome to Interesting Enough. He is Trey. I'm Nolan. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Of course, thank you. Go ahead and give us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's been about a week since we've done our last pod. Uh, Trey, man, what's going on? How you feeling? Enough, Nolan. It was a rough Saturday for me. Uh, thank you. I think that's true for both of us. But uh, other than that, you know, I'm feeling good, man. Yeah, it, it was tough. And obviously, for those listening to the podcast, know Trey and I are both Miami Hurricanes fans. Oh, God. Not, normally, we don't even talk about the Hurricanes too much on the pod, good or bad, because we just know most people that are listening to it aren't Hurricanes fans. It is what it is. But unfortunately, the Hurricanes made national news. So <laughs> we, 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 might, we, we might as well start there, because I feel like it'd be disingenuous for us not even to say anything about that. I mean, we were texting. So, I mean, I, you know how I feel. I don't know how you feel about the situation, but it's been a couple of days. You know, you got a chance to breathe on it. What, obviously, what's your reaction? And for those, I'm just going to fill people in, Trey, for those who don't know, the Hurricanes essentially lost their game to Georgia Tech, and all they had to do was essentially at the end of every football game, you got to just take a knee to let the clock run out. They decided to run the ball, and the worst thing possibly, possible happened. They fumbled offensive team of Georgia Tech on the other end then goes to score and then they lose the game. So that's basically what happened and that's kind of why we're morbid on this. But yeah, it's been a couple of days now, Trey. I mean, I, I sent you today the the quote from Coach Cristobal. I ain't trying to I, I hear that. You wasn't fit. <laughs> I know you wasn't feeling that. So just take it away, man. How, how are you feeling, man? How are you feeling with it a couple of days out? I do want to say one thing now. But just before we get started, it's going to sound like I'm making excuses. That wasn't a fumble. I do want to at least acknowledge that. It was not a fumble. No, 100%. 100% wasn't a fumble. Regardless, on, on, regardless, even though it wasn't a fumble, like we agree on that, why would you put your team in that situation? And then the, set, the main thing I have, too, is not only you putting your team in that in a situation like that, but then when you come to the podium after the game is already over, then you're going to tell, hey, you know, we teach our guys to hold, hold on to the ball with two hands, you know, wrap it up, you know, not to lose it. We teach our guys that. Are you serious, man? Like that's the first yeah, thing that's gonna come out your mouth. Are you serious, mm-hmm. man? Take off. It just, obviously there's so many layers to this. We both watched a million football games. Never seen a game end in that way. No. So you know that it's just unfortunate as it is to be the last of stock of all the football for 20 years. You know, I, I, honestly, this feels even worse than the Broncos being blown. At, you know, I'm, I'm not a Broncos fan, so I don't know how it feels to get 70 points scored on you. But this feels worse, where you're supposed to win a game like that. And at least with the Broncos, they were probably overmatched to begin with. The Dolphins just have a better, more talent on the offensive side. But they had, they had the Hurricanes hadn't even played that well against Georgia Tech in this game, a team that they should beat. A team that, by the way, lost to Bowling Green a couple weeks before that, or a week before that, maybe. So you already feel like you shouldn't even be in that close of a game with Georgia Tech. But whatever. A win's a win, right? Like, you know, we there's a lot of things you can correct, but you either correct them on a win than a loss. The, the fumble, it wasn't a fumble. I think most people can agree on that. I thought when we saw the replay, I thought that they got lucky and it, they were going to overturn it, but they didn't. I, I don't know about you, Trey. Once the fumble, it was clear that it was a fumble, and then they still give the ball to Georgia Tech, I just had a bad feeling. Oh, I, did I already too. had a bad feeling. I did feeling. too. Yeah. <laughs> I was already like, this ain't like... I feel like it's some football god situation. Like, I was like, there's no way that this is going to just end where the Hurricane just escaped that and get a pick and ends the game. And, yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. And 
I just the only thing that I think about with Coach Cristobal is the head coach has got a million things that's going on, right? And he doesn't have any excuse. However, there's so many cheat sheets, cheat sheets, I should I should say, in the game, Trey. When you talk about the sheets that the so for people that are watching a football game, a lot of those laminated sheets that you see coaches holding is obviously plays and stuff like that. But there's also sheets and there's also a guy that has a breakdown of every situation, you know, what you should do. Like two timeouts, a minute twenty on the clock, it's third down timeout. Like it's like a cheat sheet, right, that you should do. So even if you didn't know, like Coach Cristobal's got a million things to worry about, substitutions, whatever. There's going to be somebody there, somebody with a sheet, even yourself with a sheet that's like, hey, just kneel the ball. So that was the part that was most disturbing to me is like, that should never happen. There, there should just, there's just no excuse. Everyone, every, people in the stands knew it. We knew it watching on TV. The announcers obviously knew it. Bro, hold up. How can, how can that happen? I was so confused when it was happening. I was like, I must be missing something. Like, I, I started second-guessing myself because I said, there's no way oh, I started counting. I started counting. I know you probably did the same thing. I started counting on the play clock and the and the regular clock and third down. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm tripping. You know, that's you know what I mean? why like, I started counting. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at them, looking for timeouts. I'm like, did Jordan have more timeouts? Like, am I just kind of – I was like, I'm missing something. Yep. That's exactly what I thought, too. I was like, well, yeah. I, I, it's probably on me. I'm I'm not a, a college football head coach. I'm like, there's something I'm missing. They probably just got to run one more play and and then they can kneel it. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. It's it's on me. And then when you hear the announcers are, are, are so flabbergasted by this, it, it's like, oh, this is something wrong here. And then obviously the second part I got to mention, look, I've been a big fan of Cameron Kitchens at safety. He's an All-American. There's no way in hell we should be going for an interception at that point in the game. Like, there's just no way you we should be, be in going that position, for an but I get you. Yeah, you shouldn't be in that position. I'm never going to walk away from that and be like, Cameron Kitchens, whatever. This is on Coach Cristobal. And I got to just take it one step further and then we'll get off the hurricane. Trey, this is the kind of stuff that you can lose a locker room. This is, this is the kind, and I'm not usually, you know, I'm not usually the guy like after one game. I, I'm usually a wait to see it guy. I'm not a one game, you know, is really bad. It's all over. One game is great. You know, you're Super Bowl champions or college football champions. Like, I kind of got to see. This is, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out against a very good North Carolina team next week, Trey, on the road, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, it's, it's on, on the road. road. It, it, listen. Which, which, by the way, you and I know we don't play North Carolina historically well anyway. And this is a good North Carolina team. <laughs> and this is one of the good ones too, right? Yeah. So It's going to be so interesting because yeah. I just want to add one thing before, like you said, we got the Miami Soapbox. We still had Clemson this year, who's on a downward spiral, but they still have a lot of good four and five star recruits. They still have good players on their on their team, and then we still have to play Florida State. Like, and then we it have to Then we have Louisville. So, like, this could go from bad to worse really, really quick. That's all I'm saying. This is by far the most important game of Mario Cristobal's tenure, his short tenure in Miami next week. Because if those guys come up flat, come out flat. Oh, so. Like I'm not, I'm not saying lose the game. I'm just saying you, you know the difference when you're watching a game, a team coming out flat or a team. Just and they like, lose by 21. It's over. Right, like they just can't come out and get smacked because then this is the type of stuff you could lose a locker. Like this is seriously the type of stuff. And I, I'm scared because I, I was a fan of Mario, and I'm not not a fan anymore. I'm not gonna say that completely, 
but it's just inexcusable. And I, I can't let him off the hook because I, if it was any other coach, I would be doing the same thing. And I can't not do it just because he's the coach of my school. And you right? know, I was so, always 50 50 on Marvin because I always used to tell you yesterday, I always heard he wasn't a good X's and O's coaches. And when a few, the few times I did watch Oregon play, I'm like, hey, he's not the best. And he did, that, he did the same thing in Oregon. He did the same, the same Neil situation in Oregon, too, right. by the way. Which, <laughs> which I didn't even know until that happened that they, they, they that they mentioned that. So I didn't even know that. And I know you mentioned the thing about him not being good at X's and O's. Trey, this is an understatement. You ain't know, even you didn't know it's like this bad. <laughs> it's like, okay, he just made a play call. It might be iffy, whatever, but like this is crazy. And he never knew. It was like, they, they, I didn't even realize, but like, yeah, versus Texas A&M, they started going back into versus uh, Miami, Ohio. Like, he's not kneeling. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you start you start thinking like, you're like, wait, he actually has never kneeled. So maybe he's like just doing what he's normally doing and it's on us. However, yeah, it's just it's just disappointing. Let, let's get off the Miami thing because we're going to ruin the whole pod talking about Miami. So we'll get that out the way. Real quick, we just got to give the Colorado update. Colorado did get their win. Gets there, I think it was Arizona State. They did get their win. So how are we feeling about what's the temperature reading on Colorado? Man, I, I feel the same way. I felt about them from the beginning. Like, they are exceeding expectations. Again, this is a team that was 1-11 last year. This is a team that in the last 15 years has only had one winning season. They are exceeding expectations. Even if they don't win another game this year, which I highly doubt. I mean, they have a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong. But I highly doubt, like, they, they're going to win another game. This is a team that's exceeded expectations. Now, they still have holes on their team. Um, I did watch a little bit of, the line of this last game. You, had to go, you know, you had to kind of bootleg it off of YouTube. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I did watch a little bit of it. And, um, you know, Shadur, he's taking a lot of hits. You know, the offensive line is still atrocious. Like, they still have some pieces that they need to fill desperately. But all in all, I mean... I'm kind of wishing we had Dion in Miami, so I'm still feeling good about him. Yeah, and although Colorado's got a lot of holes to fill, Travis Hunter is coming back. Yeah, so that'll be huge. As we've already talked about, he is their best player, so that'll that'll help mask a lot of things. Depending that he's healthy, he may be rusty and stuff, but we'll, we'll see. But I'm excited to kind of watch him on the field because what well, we saw those first couple games. I mean, is there was there any other player in college football that you? was like must-see TV, maybe Caleb Williams. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing a couple guys, but he was must-see TV. And I'm, I want to see him as much as I do want to see Colorado succeed as well, too. So just wanted to update everybody on Colorado because we've been talking about that. But let's get into the NFL. It was an interesting week in the NFL, so there's a lot of stuff we can't get into. But, Trey, I, I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to talk about the Dolphins and beating the Giants and uh, any of these meaningless games. I want to talk about your boy Lamar Jackson. And I'm not here to criticize Lamar because he did have a lot of job passes. They lost to the Steelers in a close Eight game. Of them. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So uh, this isn't going to be like a, a situation that you may think. I did want to pose something to you, though. I, I saw this stat, and you probably saw the same thing where Lamar is like leading in turnovers in the fourth quarter, like I think in the last couple years or maybe since he's been in the league. Yeah, I think and, in the last couple years, yeah. Okay, maybe it's the past couple years. And I, I'm wondering – is that a trend that we should be worried about? Or is that maybe just something that, hey, that's just one of those outlier stats that looks a little weird. And I'm not saying that he can't win close games or anything, but every single game in the NFL seemingly comes down to the last couple of possessions anyway. So is that something that, like, we got to be paying attention to? Yes. Um, you know, I'm one of the, I'm the probably one of the biggest LeBar fans around. You know that. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll watch their games. I was going to talk about your, your other boy, uh, Josh Allen, but I, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'll leave that hey, one alone. two guys are right with. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna to leave Josh Allen alone right now. But <laughs> for Lamar's sake, yeah, I mean, like, that is the issue. 
again, this is a team that I don't even think should have been in that game. Had Aguilar and had Zay Flowers and uh, had they not been dropping passes, you know, they wouldn't have even been in that game. But here they were. They were in that game with Steelers. I don't know how Aguilar still keeps getting jobs with the drops. He's dropped passes in three separate in three separate teams. Three year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But anyway. Lamar, he does have an issue with turnovers, specifically in the fourth quarter. And um, even though your team shouldn't have been in that position, that's the position you find yourself in, and you just cannot make – you can't be so careless with the ball. Like, he has a lot of fumbles. And I don't really know what that's about, you know, but he does. He just fumbles the ball a lot in general, and they tend to happen a lot in the fourth quarter. And then, like, he was trying to throw that fade route to Odell in the end zone, but – he threw it short and inside, so it was an easy pick. So it's just it's, – it's, it's, it's almost his decision-making in the fourth quarter. A lot of times it seems like he's pressing, and because he's pressing, that causes him, you know, to scramble out of the pocket and mess around and fumble mm-hmm. the ball or throw an errant pass, maybe trying to, you know, put too much mustard on it where the pass just isn't there, you know, throw the ball out of bounds. So I just think he's a lot of times pressing just because his team really is, you know – on the verge of winning or losing. And that's unfortunate because, again, the Ravens, they really did try hard this offseason to go get him some wide receiver options. It hasn't really worked out like they wanted to, but um, I will give him credit. They did try to give him some options. They did pay him. So now you're going to want to start seeing some actual proof of concept that these things are working. And uh, so far, they're 3-2, and two and it isn't looking too good. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, like, Every single year with the Ravens, you just feel like the game comes down to Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson only. Like that that's to me that that's to me, like you said, that's the main problem. And like you said, they did try to get other guys around him. By the way, one if we're gonna say one thing that has worked, the Zay Flowers pick is a hit. I think everyone yeah. agrees. He on had that. a bad Zay game, Flowers. but that, that overall, yeah, he's been playing right. well. He's had a bad game, but he's a rookie and he's played well to this point. So I'm not really worried about him. But you I'm gonna need Bateman, Odell, Aguilar, one of those Duvernay. Not even Duvernay because I feel like he, I don't have the expectations as high for him. He's especially <laughs> Bateman and Odell. One of those guys got to sh- d- like decide, hey, I'm the number one guy, and like, like that team is begging for a number one receiver, and oh, like somebody's got to step up. At the time, though, I know, and, and he's getting healthy. And he, he, look, I may, it may be asking a lot for a receiver past thirty at this point with the amount of injuries. I'm just saying, w- between him, Bateman, even if they got to provide, provide, even if all two of them and all three of them have to combined to get the production of a number one receiver fine like do it by committee but like they're not getting the job done yet again it's early in the year we'll see how it shakes out but I think that's something that we should be keeping an eye on as well but speaking of keeping an eye on what's going on with the Patriots well I, I have no idea what's going I mean 34 to 0 getting beat by the Saints the week before I think it was 38 to 3 I think with the Cowboys I mean I know we've had this discussion about the who gets more credit, Belichick, Brady, this and that. Well, if you was in the Brady camp, you're feeling pretty good today. That's yes. all I'm going to say. If you was in the Brady – and I, and, and I got my thoughts on Bill Belichick and what's going on, but w- what's your initial thoughts when you see in the Patriots? Because we've never seen this in our entire life. Not just the Patriots losing games. I mean, getting dog-walked. I mean, it, it's embarrassing. We've never seen this version of the Patriots in our entire lives. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to write Bill Belichick's epithet, and I'm not going to necessarily do that. But what I am going to say that this is a depleted team. Like, they don't have any wide receiver options. Like, name one. Name their star tight end. And then you're asking an okay quarterback. I don't think Matt Jones is a bad quarterback, but he's an okay quarterback at best. Like, average to okay. 
Yeah, asking an average or okay quarterback to work with no wide receiver options, and it's not like he even has a Derrick Henry in the backfield. I just think that you're trying to play with scraps, and I think for a long time you got away with that because you had Tom Brady, who arguably is the greatest quarterback of all time. But now it's time to get into the 21st century. Now it's time to realize that you don't have that guy back there to save your bacon. And you actually need to go draft some studs. Like, you know, the the, the joke has always been with Bill Belichick that he's going to find some white wide receiver at some, like, missionary college, and they're going to be all that. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But that doesn't work anymore. Not when you don't have Tom Brady there. Not when you don't have Rob Gronkowski there. Like, that doesn't work anymore. And I just think he's either going to adapt and modernize his way of pulling players onto the roster, or he's going to get left behind in the dust. And here's the thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm not really concerned about Bill Belichick's coaching. I think his legacy is cemented. I, he's a great coach, and I think Brady needed Belichick as much as Belichick needed Brady. I think that it's just, it might be a lot closer to even than people even realize. However, we, I, I think I heard a point today, and I think I may – I may like that idea. At some point, we gotta we gotta have a real conversation about Bill Belichick as a GM, because his drafting, like you said, I mean, it's just been horrible, especially in, in this past the past ten years. I think that the stat was like they don't ha- they haven't had any all pros, any all pros in the past <laughs> ten years drafted. Like and and, and I think oh, sorry, I think it was two. One of them was a punter, and one was a, like a kick returner. Oh boy, like, please! Uh, you know what I'm saying? So like. At a certain point, I mean, I could go through the draft and Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver they drafted in the first. I mean, there's a lot of guys that they drafted. I don't want to go through every single name, but they're not – Bill is not getting the job done when it comes to evaluating talent. And I'm not saying it's his job solely. Obviously, he has scouts and stuff like that, but I'm just saying he's the head of that. And he's he's in a unique situation that a lot of coaches in the league are not. There's only a couple of head coaches in the league that are actually the head coach and the GM, and he's one of them. And obviously, he's deserved that title. And he's done well to that point. They used to draft the, the Richard Seymour's and the Brewskis and all those guys. But at just at this point, it may have run its course because they can't seem to draft a quarterback. They can't seem even if you even if the struggle was, hey, we don't draft a quarterback well, because you know who also doesn't draft quarterbacks? The 49ers. But they they hit with Brock Purdy, but they got do they really hit with Brock Purdy or do they just got so many weapons? You know what I mean? That's a conversation for another day. But they're not even hitting on linemen. They're not even hitting on a pass rusher here and there. They're not even hitting – I mean, I think they hit on the corner, Christian Gonzalez, by the way, just to be fair. I think he's going to be really good. He got hurt. But besides that, not even a receiver, a tight end, nothing, a running back. They're just not hitting on any picks. And if you're Robert Kraft, you, you may have to have a conversation and be like, hey, man, we want you to stay because you're Bill Belichick and you run the show. But we, you, you're going to need to get some help in the war room. Like you and the and – I, and I remember the pick with – Bill Belichick in the war room with him and his dog and by himself doing the picks. Like, you, you're going to need some help besides besides you and your little husky. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to need some help. And I think that's a situation that – the conversation that's going to have to be had in order to improve the Patriots. Because right now, when you look at that division, I mean, you got Josh Allen and the Bills who have a pretty much a loaded roster. Obviously, we know the Dolphins and the speed with the roster they have. Well, how, regardless of how you feel about Tua, he's better than Mac Jones. And then you got the Jets – who've got a loaded roster and basically are quarterback away. And if their quarterback comes back healthy, you got them to deal with. That's not even to mention the rest of the AFC. That's just in your own division. You know what I mean? That's six games right there that you got to deal with those teams. How are you going to compete with Mac Jones and no, and no talent around Mac Jones? And I do want to say one thing though. I think Mac Jones is still a decent quarterback. I don't think he's great by any means, but I think at his best, he can be a Tannehill or yeah, 
Tannehill's name. No, 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 no. Put some respect on Tannehill's name. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, think, Matt, I think that's Mac Jones is not a good quarterback. I'm sorry. And, and I know he hasn't looked great. And trust me, they didn't even give they didn't even give a homeboy an offensive coordinator, to, you know what I mean, last year. So I'm not saying like. Yeah, but yeah, he I'm say, great... he's, he's working against the odds, though, Nolan. Okay, that's fine. But what have you seen in Mac Jones in college that you were like, you know what? That's going to really work in the NFL. I mean, well, I'm going to save you time. In college, but in college, he was a quick decision maker. He's kind of like two in that regard. He gets the ball at his hand. No, uh, Trey, don't you dare get me upset on this podcast. You you already know when you saw Tua. First of all, you saw Tua throw a, make a, throw a dot in the national championship against the winning hey, national championship. Listen, I'm not then, saying Mac Jones was quite oh, in that low, but I say he has some similarity. Just with a quick No, 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 maker. he didn't. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Tua had Drew Brees comparisons when it comes to accuracy and ball placement and timing. That's what he had. Mac Jones didn't have none of that. And by the way, say what you want about Tua. He at least is kind of mobile, Trey. I'm not saying he's not he's not Lamar Jackson. But Mac Jones can't move, Trey. Like, Mac Jones can't move. And he's like 24 years old. So what's going to happen as he gets older? He can't move. He don't have a strong arm. He's kicking dudes in the nuts. Come on, Trey. Like what? Like what? Like what? What? What do? What have we sort of seen from Mac Jones? That's like we gotta. We gotta stick with this guy, even if we do get weapons. Yeah, it'll get a little bit better with weapons, but how much better? Well, I'll say this one thing: Bailey Zappi didn't look good when he came in. Well, we knew that situation wasn't gonna work. They, the Patriots fans trying to convince themselves of that Zappi situation, and that junk got zapped real quick. So <laughs> we already, we already knew that was a wrap. So I think they got a lot of issues with the Patriots, and it starts with the infrastructure. So they, they got to get that part figured out, but. I did want to talk about it real quick. We can really talk about the Cowboys and 49ers in a second, but I want to, I'm kind of interested in the Broncos, Trey, and here's Ooh. why. Now, I feel like I'm being a little negative today, but the Broncos as we stand now are what, one and four, one and five, something like that. You one and four, yeah. Russell Wilson's contract has not kicked in yet, which for people that are listening, let me, let me repeat that. Let me repeat that because some people – that may have gone over people's head. Russell Wilson, who's been playing horrible – the past couple years, a little bit better this year. The team has not played well, so it's not all on Russell. He got a contract extension for over $200 million last year, meaning that it had actually hasn't even started until next year. So long story short, the Broncos are kind of stuck with him, and they just hired Sean Payton. My question to you, Trey, is it's very clear that some, something's got to give here. And it's probably not going to be Sean Payton, because I can't imagine Sean Payton letting his legacy go by the wayside dealing with Russell Wilson. So what is the solution for the Broncos? Because right now it looks pretty bleak. I think that you just have to ride it out. Like, I don't think there's <laughs> nobody That's training right. for Russell Wilson. And then what, like, he has so much guaranteed money in this contract. You're not just going to let him walk for him, nothing, are you? I think you just no. have to ride it out. If you don't make the playoffs, you have to make the most out of these traps. Like, you're going to have to hit on every single pick. When you go into free agency, you're going to have to hit in every single pick. I think it's just going to be – unfortunately, I think they're going to find themselves just kind of like a middling team, like not good enough to get the first, like the number one pick, but not good enough to make the playoffs. So, like, they're going to be one of the teams that – this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but they're going to be one of the teams that's, like, maybe trying to take a leap of faith and maybe getting somebody like Riley Leonard out of Duke to be the next apparent heir as the quarterback for the Broncos. Like, they're going to need to take a – a flyer, but they're going to need to hit a home run on it. So if you're them, and again, we are actually talking about the draft today, ironically, so it's funny that this comes up. Do you draft a quarterback? Because yes. obviously, okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, okay, it, well, I was going to say in the first round, I, I know this is like a stacked quarterback class uh, as what it appears to be, which by the way, 
every time we always think a quarterback class is stacked, sometimes it ends up not being. Yeah, sometimes just it flops. It out <laughs> yeah, just throwing it out there because we have said that a lot, and then it's like the class that we don't think about is the one that actually has like a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, I'm anyway. going this class, so I'm getting the best quarterback that's on the board. So if it's Bo Nix, if it's like I said, Riley Leonard, if it's Jordan Travis, you name it. I'm just trying to get the best quarterback on the board because at the end of the day, Russell Wilson hasn't played well enough for me to consider him to be the future of the Broncos. And he hasn't played well enough where I even care about his input about, oh, I don't want you to draft a quarterback behind me. I don't even care at this point. I don't. Let, let me just throw a scenario out there because in the sake of I love doing the hypothetical draft stuff, we were talking about today. I threw out a situation with Caleb Williams and Bryce Young and the Panthers. Yeah. I'll leave that one alone. We'll table that for another day. Let's just say for the sake of argument, the Broncos have like the number three pick. Mm-hmm. And let's just say Caleb Williams goes one to somebody else. And let's say number two is somebody, another team that needs a quarterback and they get Shader or whoever it is. If you're sitting there at number three, you know, you probably got your chance at the best quarterback, maybe a best pass rusher. Do you just say to heck with if you're the Broncos, you're like, should I just go get that quarterback that we really, really like? Or, you know what, I'm just going to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'm going to pair him with Russell Wilson. And he's got to make it Russell a li- at least a little bit better. Because we saw Russell Wilson with a number one receiver lately with DK Metcalf. And it did look good. Re- regardless no. of how anybody thought. It did I'm just not good. buying it because – Unfortunately, okay. I mean, Russell, like you say, he's playing better this year, but I mean, it, it's it's just such a far departure from what we're used to seeing him. And he's on the wrong side of 30. He's had an injury history. Like, he's not getting any better. He's getting worse every year. Like, I guess he had a little bit of better year so far this year, but you know, the year's still early on. And he was so terrible last year. It's not saying much that he was a little bit better this year. I think I'm just going all in a quarterback. If I feel like one of these quarterbacks at least has the potential to be a good starting quarterback in the league for the next 10 years. If I don't feel like for whatever reason, let's just say we don't get enough, a good enough draft pick where I don't feel like any of these quarterbacks that are left are good enough for that, then maybe I consider going to give me a start wide out. But, no. Nah. But, but remember, to be fair, the reason I bring that scenario up, Marvin Harrison Jr. ain't just a regular star wide out that comes out every year. Like, he is, he, from all accounts, looks to be like, we haven't seen a guy come out like that since probably like Calvin Johnson. He looks like, like Marvin Harrison. <laughs> he looks better, actually, because he's bigger and everything, too. So, yeah, yeah, but you're right, but though. Like he, I guess he – yeah, he looks – him and Caleb Williams are two generational talents that we look – and I know that's that word is thrown around a lot, but, like, yeah. They I really are. They really are, yeah. The mm-hmm. only thing I would say to end that is – I mean, that makes sense. I understand where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, Russell Wilson playing so bad that – Next year around this time, I'm not even sure Russell Wilson would be throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. If the Broncos were to draft him, I feel like it would be the backup quarterback throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. So, go get you a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you could think that too. But again, it depends who they fall in love with too. Because like you said, if if the quarterback that they wanted are already gone, then yeah, you don't want to reach for a quarterback too. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, at that time, point, so. yeah, you just go get a wide eye and you better pray with Russell. <laughs> well, it's not that, you know, it's, I mean, okay, it hasn't been great. I can't, I honestly can't even defend it, so. Yeah, I, I honestly can't even defend Russell, but it, it's it's been even more surprising than it was last year. But anyway, I want to thank everybody so much for joining us once again. You know, we want to bring all the football content we can to you as possible. Of course, we got basketball coming up in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. We got, you know, uh, I, I'll drop my player tiers for everyone. We got our previews, our finals predictions, all that good stuff. And obviously, Trey, we haven't even talked to you about the Dame stuff. You know, you, you were off last pod, so we haven't talked to you about that, but I, I know how you feel about it. But we'll, we'll get into that, of course, as we get with the basketball stuff going. 
And of course, stay tuned. We'll drop on the next pod. We're going to be talking about, of course, Drake and the album. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to swing it to Trey. Again, like you said, thank you so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. Again, stay tuned for that music podcast everybody dropped on Drake's album. I don't know how you feel about it, Nolan, but uh, I'm a little disappointed. But like I said, stay tuned <laughs> and listen in there. <laughs> Peace. Peace.